Amen. Uh, it's good to see you. Happy New Year. You can have a seat. We're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 tonight, and I want to share with you the word. Listen to these words, and these are incredible. It says, therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We can stop right there. I love it. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from those people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. And I want you to hook into that glorious light. Then they go on to say, they don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's a good place for an amen right there. And we ourselves are servants for Jesus Christ. And this is going to be our key verse for tonight as well. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Father, for tonight, I just pray your blessing on this service, Lord. I thank you for the truth of your word and for the power that it has and for what it holds in our lives. And I pray, Father, that as we are right on the edge of a brand new year, I ask, Father, that you would help us to look beyond the things that we've done in the past, beyond the things that have maybe cracked our lives, messed us up, or shown poor example, or whatever it is, Lord, that we can look ahead now. This is a good place to start brand new. And Father, this is a good place for us to let your light shine through us so that the dark world can see who you are and what you're all about. Father, tonight we say goodbye to midnight. We say goodbye to the darkness. And we want to push forward. We want to get motivated. We want to resolve to live our lives for you 100%. And so we ask your blessing on this tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Happy New Year. Almost. <laughs> Did you have a good holiday? I still am. I'm still having good holidays. My wife tells me a lot of times to pull it in, especially during this week. And so I've got to do that. I have really enjoyed myself. I This is my favorite time of year. It's my favorite season. Okay, Winter is my favorite season. I'm one of those people. I don't know if Mark knew that when he said last time, about bringing me on staff here, but uh, I love winter, and so I don't mind saying, saying uh, you know, I love snowstorms. I love it when school gets canceled. I'm a former high school teacher. I still love it when school gets canceled. I like to be home in front of the fire. I like to snow blow. I like to shovel. All of the, I really do. That's no joke. And I also like everything about winter when it comes to sports as well. The greatest sport known to man, basketball, huh? and hockey, 
Now, last I checked, before I came in, the score was, in my mind, still 3-1 to one USA, right? So I just, I thought I'd share, share this here. How's that look? Does that look good? I should ask the person doing the media to get a close-up on that. Yeah, we'll just let that one die. Mark says, do not wear that, so I won't. That's my daughter's. Anyway, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Who scheduled service during the Canadian-USA game? Huh? Who did that? I'm, I'm wondering. Mark's wondering, too. I'm not sure, but I'll tell you, I'm, I'm excited about uh, just being here with you folks tonight, too. And I'm only going to preach until 11.59 p.m., so you'll still have time to get home and do all of the whatever it is that you do. No, I promise. This is, this is such a good time, and I, I'm excited about being in God's house tonight. I'm excited about sharing it with you folks tonight and looking forward to a brand new year. And we are, we're going to talk about Old Lang Syne. Now, I'm not Scottish, so I apologize for any of you who have Scottish roots that really are up on how to pronounce properly uh, in Old Lang Syne. Um, and so just bear with me. But we're going we're gonna to touch on that tonight. And uh, I, being, being a good um, American, I went to a, a valued source of information that you can trust, WikiLeaks, and found out, I mean, Wikipedia, sorry, and found, uh, found out about Old Lang Syne and what it meant, because I wanted to make sure, we, we had a conversation, Jamie and I and the staff, about, you know, uh, what are we going to share on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day uh, by way of service, and what can we talk about, and they were really interested in wanting to, to dig into this, and so I said, I better know what it really means. So, here we go. The song, Old Lang Syne. Anybody know what it means? Okay, so I could I could just come up with anything and you guys would be good with it, right? No, I won't. I promise. Here's what it is. The song Old Lang Syne is traditionally used to bid farewell to uh, the old year, right? And at the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve, that's usually when everybody breaks into the song in uh, Times Square and wherever else it might be that they're celebrating. And by extension, the song Old Lang Syne, and I'm like, it's spelled funny. That's not how we spell old, but that's what it is in Scottish. Uh, by extension, it's, it's also sung at some funerals. It's sung at uh, some graduations around the world. Um, maybe when somebody is leaving as a, as a bid farewell or an ending of occasions. And that's why we also see it being sung uh, during the end of uh, the New Year celebration and the beginning of uh, the old year and the new year coming in. And so we know that that is there. The words of Old Lang Syne, and I'm not going to sing them for you, I promise. Uh, it literally translates from the old Scottish brogue dialect, if you will, meaning old long ago and or, or old long since. Uh, and maybe even more idiomatically, um, it could be translated as long, long ago or days gone by or old times. And the Old Lang Syne lyrics and the words were first published in Scotland uh, in 1787, so it was a long time ago when they wrote that song. And the song has now become a tradition that we use to celebrate uh, those things uh, all centered around that. And so we're going to spend some time in Second Corinthians chapter 4, kind of just centering around things that are in the past, things that are long ago, things that were maybe not so long ago. They may have been just this past year that we had to deal with. And uh, we're going we're gonna to really try to help you folks and, and uh, 
myself as well, understand what we're looking at here when we talk about uh, things that are long ago or behind us. And then also about saying goodbye to midnight, which basically in this part of the woods, when midnight happens, it's dark. And so we want to move from darkness into light. And I'm going to kind of break that out of God's word here in this portion of scripture and just help kind of tie this in together. And what I really want to do is I want to uh, allow God to speak through me to encourage you about a coming year that's going to be amazing. It really is. A lot of times, and I've even shared it in past with you folks, it, it seems like a real bleak world and a real hopeless world that we live in, right? But I'm telling you, I'm excited about what the future is. Did you see some of those praises that we have up there? I mean, it's exciting when we see that. It's exciting to know some of the announcements that Pastor Mark made here uh, a couple weeks ago about some gifts that came into Crosspoint to set us up for an exciting future, right? And it's not an exciting future of what Crosspoint is doing. It's what Jesus Christ is doing, what God is doing through Crosspoint for this, for this city and for whoever we come in contact with and for you folks as well. And so I hope that is beginning to build excitement into your life about what God is at work doing in our lives around the world as well. Amen? Okay. So let's try to really jump into this here. We already read the portion of Scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we're going to really zero in on, on verse 6. Let me just read that to you again. It says, For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness. Okay, and He made that, right? He created it. Has made this light to shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. And I think there as well that we have to recognize that when we have that light in our hearts, it had better be shining out to the world. That's how the light gets seen by the world, is when it shines from those who claim to be followers of Christ are living that out. So I want to encourage you to live that out with all you've got and don't hold back. Now, New Year's resolutions. That usually happens about this time of year, right? How many of you have got some written down already? Okay, we've got one who's not shy, two. All right, how many of you have ever toyed with that in the past and succeeded in the past? Notice where my hand is. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we make those resolutions, and we don't do a real good job of succeeding with them. But, uh, you know, it is what it is, and it really only gets accomplished if we're motivated enough to see those through, right? Because you have to have motivation behind those resolutions to see them through. If you're not motivated, it could be like, sounds good, looks good on paper. And then a lot of you went like this when I said, did you get them accomplished? And so I'm just, I'm just letting you know that sometimes, a lot of times, if I'm not motivated enough to do something, it's not going to get done. Okay? And that goes with the New Year's resolutions as well. And I don't know about you, but if I lose heart and if I lose the drive behind it, then I lose the motivation and things don't get accomplished. And so what we're looking at here in this portion of Scripture is the writer of Second Corinthians, who was Paul, what he's doing here is he takes a look, he pauses intentionally and really takes a look at four different types of people in these first six verses. And he starts out with himself. That's the first person that he looks at. And so I want to share this with you here. When Paul takes a look at himself, in this portion of Scripture, okay? It says, therefore, since God in His mercy has given us a new way, 
he's telling us that he's been given that himself, okay? This new life that he's living, how many of you understand that the life that Paul used to live before his conversion was not a good one, okay? Paul was the keeper of the law, and man, he held by it, and so much to the fact that he was all about persecuting Christians to the point of death, and his life was just like, it was, it was hardcore bad, okay? But then there was a dramatic, life-altering, almost universe-altering change in him by what God did when he met him on that road to Damascus, right? I mean, it just literally shook him to the core, so much to the fact that people really had a hard time recognizing, is this the same guy? Because they were still quite scared of him at the time. But I'll tell you, Paul really takes a good look at himself in this whole thing here too. And he says, it's a new life that I'm living. And he's not looking back in this whole thing. Just like his ministry and his life is talked about in chapter 3 of Second Corinthians, we don't give up. Paul didn't give up. He knew what went on in his life in the past, right? He knew it because he lived it. He was there. In fact, he was the main character of his past life, right? Which all of us are. We're the main characters of our past life. But I'm also thankful that I'm no longer the main character of my life for the future because of what Christ has done in my life. And now he needs to be the main character in my life in 2017 and on into the future. And he can be that for you now even through the resolutions that we make in fun or when we're serious. That's what this is all about. And so Paul recognized that in his life, and he didn't give up. Sometimes when you look at the size of the task that has to be accomplished in one's life, and Paul had a big task in his life because of his past, right? This is where we find that motivation itself has to be the driving force to keep us from not giving up because of what maybe went on in our past. Listen, what's done and what is in the past is there. Leave it and move forward in God's strength and power and let him carry you through into this new year. Be encouraged that we can move forward with excitement in a dark world. We can move forward in the light of his goodness, in God's light, because it's in us and it shines through us. And so we can be encouraged by that. Motivation in itself not to give up is what we need to have. I don't know about you, but when I get challenged on certain things, and I see how big of a deal it might be, and I'm talking big, and I'm seeing that here through what Crosspoint has been blessed, yes, but also been challenged to carry forward with. It's a big deal. I get motivated. I really do. Now, I got to tell you, I am not the most subdued, quiet guy, okay? I, I played basketball. I love sports. Play basketball. I told you this. I used to coach basketball. Ask some of the players that I had when I was coaching. And I'm telling you what, I, I, I just, I get excited, uh, and I hope it's excited for good things, but I, I really, really do think and know because of what I'm sensing that the days that lie ahead for us are a big deal. 
and I'm really looking forward to what's going on. Now, you know something? In the past, we've, we've got examples of people, and there may even be currently people in your life that you know that are really good motivators, right? You've seen them at where it might be your boss. It could be uh, people that we've read about in the past or people that have been in our lives before that have really challenged and motivated us. Um, to think, I, I love history as well. And I know some of you might be like, oh my goodness, how can you be excited about history? It was the most boring subject in school and all that. Listen, I really do. I love history and I love reading about people that were able to change the course of uh, some major things that happened. Winston Churchill um, is a good one in history, right? Um, he challenged an entire nation, if you will, to stand up against one of the most evil individuals that I've ever known. And he said that this will be their finest hour. And when we look back at the country of, of England and what they did and how they stood against the onslaught of Germany at that time, man, it really was. They held it. They really did. They held it together. And he really knew how to motivate an entire nation. And so I'm, I am so thankful uh, for the the great motivator, if you will, in my life, Jesus Christ, and what he can do. And I'll tell you, if you knew some of the things in my past, and, and now I can just put those behind me and I can move forward, I'm excited about that. I really am. And so I'm thankful that Paul gives us a little glimpse about this here. And one of the things that we can see here from, from motivators in the past, that it's, it's similar to something that Paul is saying in the first verse of this portion that we read. It says, a new way of life God intended would never cause us to give up. This new way of life that God gives us is not intending for us to give up, right? It says it right in there. And then along with that, this new life that God gives us is something that is not a life that is going to drag us down. It lifts us up. I can tell you by testifying to the fact that I live it, that it's not a drag to be a Christian. And the changes that Christ has made in my life, it's not a drag. It has lifted me up and it has encouraged me. It has changed me. And I can stand here and testify to the fact that it has happened. And along with that, you know something? The Christian life doesn't depress us. It's not designed to depress us. Not at all. In fact, it should motivate us. In verse 16, look at this. Of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Take a look at verse 16. It says, that is why we never give up, though our bodies are dying. And I'll tell you, sometimes after the last two days of shoveling and snow blowing, my body is dying. I complain to my wife about it, but you know something? Our spirits are re being renewed every day. Where do you think that renewal of our spirit comes from? It comes from Jesus Christ. It comes from the one who is victorious over all the doom and gloom that we read about in the world today. And so we have to be encouraged by that. Along with that, we've received mercy. It tells us that in the first verse here in this section that we've read about. Paul reminds us of the mercy that he received. The worst of sinners, he calls himself, right? And yet he received God's mercy about his past, and he put that behind him. Chuck Swindoll, he even said, mercy costs nothing to receive. Did you know that? Mercy costs nothing to receive, but it costs everything to give. 
And God gave everything, didn't he, when he gave his son Jesus Christ. It cost Jesus his life. But God was willing to do that for us so that we could have the mercy and the grace of God poured into our lives and we can put the past where it belongs in the past. And then we can look forward to the changes in the new life and the light that shines out of us that God has given us. You see, Paul recognized where he came from, right? But he also recognized where he was right now and the changes that God had brought in his life. So in essence, he basically made a resolution. He made a resolution in his life to live for Christ and to never give up because of what he saw happen in his own life. And so we can be encouraged by that right there, that Paul moved forward with that. So the second people that he looked at, second person that he looked at or people, were his people who are in opposition to him. And you know something? After the change that God made in Paul's life, there were plenty who were opposed to him. Those that he used to hang out with. Those that he used to run with. Those that used to run with him. And there were three charges that were leveled against Paul at this time by those who opposed him, by those who were out to slander him to what he was doing at this point. Because he was going against everything that the law had set up and everything that he used to stand for. And we see a lot of this going on today in this life, don't we? We see a lot of those things going up against the things of God. Because that's what a dark world does. You know, there's opposition between darkness and light, right? There's opposition between the dark world, if you will, and the light of the world, who is in Jesus Christ, the one who's victorious. And we can see that Paul didn't give in, and he recognized his weaknesses. He recognized that he was not without fault, okay? But he also knew where his strength came from. And so we, too, can be encouraged by this, where we can be encouraged to know that our strength comes from the very same God that also strengthened Paul, despite the fact of what he had to go through from his past and what he had to live with. And all of those cracks that were in him, God was able to shine through those cracks. And people were able to see the light and the changes that were there. And so the opposition that were coming up against Paul had nothing to stand on. In fact, they were running up against a brick wall because of what God had done. And then the third group of people, remember I said there was four. I've got plenty of time, right? 11.59 is five hours from now, so we can just slow down. Okay, no, not kidding. Third group of people are those people who are perishing. And we, re we read about those in, in verse 3, right, of this portion here. Here's a clear explanation of why the same truth is maybe exciting to one person and maybe boring to another group of people when we look at these things here. I get excited about the change that has happened in my life. I don't know if you can feel that tonight. But I'm excited about the change that has occurred in my life about what Jesus Christ has done in my life and about the changes that he made in my life. And so this is why I'm excited about it. And along with that, when people see a genuine change in people like they did in Paul, people like Paul who had a very rough past, and we've got people in this church, I've heard testimony from them about how awful it was in my past, but they're excited about what's going on now in their lives and what Christ is doing. This is the very same thing. 
In verse 19 of John chapter 3, I'm going to read three or four verses from there. It says, and the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than light. You got that? And so these are the people that are perishing. They're without Christ. They're without the hope of the world. They're without the light in their life. And then it goes on to say in verse 20, all who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear that their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. And so we can see that this is what can happen to, this, is, this can be the change in people who are perishing when God brings the light into their life. And so we can be encouraged about that. But that's what uh, this verse 3 of 2 Corinthians 4 is referring to. It's talking about those people as well, the third group of people. Those that are without Christ, they're perishing, they're without him. And then the last person, who the one we want to make famous, who we want to celebrate, who's that? Yeah, it's Jesus. This is the fourth person. And so I want to share with you and I want to spend the bulk of my time with this individual here as well. Because he deserves all of our focus. And he deserves what we're talking about. He's the one who can help us say goodbye to midnight in our lives. He's the one who can help us move from darkness into the light. Not only just help us, he can move us that way and make us be a light to the world because of the changes that he makes in our lives. And so only God can use light to shine out of the darkness, right? The darkness of this world. God's the only one that can do that. Both in creation because he created the light and he separated darkness from light way back then. And in creation of a believer's heart, he brings the light and allows that to shine forward as well. And so I want to encourage you with this in mind that God gets all of the credit for the light that he has created in my life, for the light that he has created in your lives, if you've allowed him to change you from the inside. You know something? This world is driven a lot by the outside appear outward appearance, isn't it? Everything on the outside. We've got to look good. I'd look better if I was wearing that USA jersey, I think. I'm just saying. Just kidding. But really, we are driven by an outward appearance. But remember, God is really focused on the inside stuff because what's on the inside comes out eventually. And he wants that light to come out of us. He wants it to shine into this world. And so Jesus is the one who brings that transformation in our lives. You know, when we carry the lamp that Jesus Christ gives to us, we can carry the lamp. But without the flame of Jesus Christ burning brightly out of our lives, it's just a darkened lamp. I want to be a lamp that's shining bright. I really do. To sound cliche, if you will, I want to be that lamp that's brightly shining. And so in the face of Jesus, in Jesus Christ, we see God. Jesus tells us that in John chapter 14, verse 9. He says this. He says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And so what that tells me in my life, if I've seen Jesus, then I've seen the Father. And if people see Dave Rowe, shouldn't they see Jesus Christ? Shouldn't they see God shining through me? That's a good place to go like this. Okay? It's a real good place. It, we, we should be a shining light of who Jesus Christ is. We should be. 
And so I want to encourage you that we can be as well. The Word tells us we can be. You know, we have a great treasure, which is the gospel that was given to us because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And even though we're cracked, like if you go on a little bit further in reading through this, this chapter in 2 Corinthians, it talks about earthen vessels, right? And way back then, they used to store things in them, and they would get cracks in them, and then they would leak out all over the place. I, I, I got to admit, I'm a cracked vessel. And I did not come up with this. A lot of people have used this before, but I'm a cracked pot as well, right? I know it's pretty lame. It really is. But I like whoever came up with it. But you know something? Through those cracks, I want that light to be seen. I really do. And you can as well, and I can encourage you with everything that I've got that you can have that light shining through those cracks in your life as well. Don't, don't get discouraged. Don't, don't allow the enemy to beat you down because of your past. Okay, really get into it. In fact, in verse 7, I want to read you verse 7 here real quick of chapter 4. It says, we have this light from God in our human bodies. Okay, in our human bodies, we have that light from God. This shows that the power is from God. It's not from ourselves. I can't do this on my own. I can't shine that light on my own. It comes from God. So you can live the life with excitement and with encouragement in a dark world because the power is not generated from you. It's generated from God in your life. And as we allow him to rule and to reign and to be first place and to be my resolution for the future, that I'm going to live that way, let him crank me up. Let him put the power into me and just wind that up. And let's get excited about that, and let's live the way he wants us to live in this world, in this year coming ahead. And so with all of that in mind, I want to just share with you some thoughts that I've read about and thoughts that I put together. You know, we would rather be looked at as being strong and without fault. I hate it when people see my weaknesses. Talk to my wife. I say that to her all the time. I can't stand it when people see that I have weaknesses. I really can't. But you know something? I would rather be looked at as being a strong individual and without any faults or without any cracks in my life and to always be somewhere safe without any struggles at all, with zero struggles in my life. I would like that. Anybody with me? Come on, don't be shy. I know most of you feel that way. Yeah, and we've got it good, we've got it easy, and, but, but I'll tell you, when we run up against hard times, that's when it really gets down to the nitty-gritty. God, of course, wants, uh, wants to take us out of our comfort zone. Thanks a lot, God. You want to take me out of my comfort zone. And the reason why is this. He wants to take David Rowe out of his comfort zone because we then have to put, I then have to put my faith and my trust in him. And if need be, sometimes he has to break me and to pour me out all over the place. You don't want to see me poured out all over the place. I'm a mess when that happens. But you know something? God has to do that sometime to crack through that hard, tough life that really isn't following after him. And that's pretty harsh sounding, and I don't like it. I got to admit it. I do not like being in a real hard place. 
I don't like get painted. I don't like to get painted into a corner, or backed into a corner. Anybody with me? I don't like that. But you know something? I like the fact that God can work through me best when that happens. And so, I would rather have those things happening. God, of course, wants to make those things happen in our lives. Why did God choose to do it this way? To use such a broken person like me? I, d I don't know. I have no idea, but I, I can tell you, look at Paul. Paul would probably say the same thing. I have no idea why he would use me. But he chose to do that. And sometimes we think, since I'm all chipped up and I'm all cracked up, I can't be used by God. That is a lie. And that lie does not come from God because he can use us despite our cracks and the chips in our armor and in our paint. The truth is, when God places his light inside of us, like I already said, he can shine outside of those cracks. And when he shines out of those cracks, it's blinding. It really is. So be encouraged with that. There isn't anything significant about how I look on the outside. Not at all. It's what is on the inside that really counts. And you know, best thing comes from best things come from our worst moments, right? Hindsight's always twenty twenty, and when we see really ugly things happen, and then we see amazing things happen, we can recognize that they come from our worst things. Let me give you some examples from the scripture that can back that up. Just ask Joseph, who was sold into slavery by his brothers. But what did God do? God used him to save his brothers from a famine, right? And then just ask Ruth. She lost her husband. She lost her country, only to be put into a position where she gained a brand new country and the truth of a true and living God and a new husband. Ask Job. How'd you like to go through what Job did? I got to be honest with you. I didn't have a bunch of kids like he did. I have two. And I would not want to lose either of them. He lost them all. He lost everything. Only to be given it back all over again. Everything. God blessed him with that. Ask Daniel. Another perfect example. Daniel lost his parents. He was taken into captivity. He lost his country. He wasn't even permitted to speak his own language. He had to learn a new one. Only to be elevated to a position of leadership. God did that for him. And he was also given visions and dreams that he could use to change the course of a king's heart and the course of a nation. Think about those people for just a moment and think about what you could be done, used by God to do. I'm blown away. I'm blown away by it. I'm encouraged about it. So I resolve to say goodbye to midnight of 2016 in the past. And I look forward to what 2017 holds and I want to be used by God to shine brightly. I got a lot of cracks. I really do. But I'm excited about what he has in store for us. You know, when we're weak, what's the word say? He's strong. He's strong through us, right? When we're dependent, he's powerful. He's the power we can depend on. This is a paradox that so let me encourage you. Go ahead. Say goodbye to the past. Say goodbye to midnight, as the song says. Let it go. 
old, long ago, long, long ago, days past, old Lang Syne. And I want to encourage you to make this new year resolution to let God's light shine out of you. To be what you need to be to make Jesus famous in your work, in your school, in Walmart, Canadian Tire, as you're pulling out of a driveway of a wherever it might be, in your family. Be that for them. Be that point of contact of the light shining in the darkness. It's shining out of you. Man, we're in this together. So I'm in this with you guys. And let's be this. Let's be what God wants us to be for 2017 and for this new year. Let's get excited and motivated for it. Can we do it?